I could see the peaks and valleys of her ribcage, could almost feel the hollowness of her bones beneath my fingers. Her breath fogged around her nose, as did mine. We were alone in the dying forest, alone in the world for all she knew. Instinctively, I raised my weapon, thinking not of life or death, but of meat. Meat that would taste gamey and fresh, not tinned. It made my tongue thicken with desire. Perhaps the wind shifted or the ashy snow crunched under my feet. Or maybe she just sensed me there, another heart beating in a blackening world. She turned, the ropey muscles in her legs bunching and releasing, and one eye rolled nervously. Across the dim expanse of ice and snow, we examined each other. Her eyes were dark, thick lashes dusted with a white-gray frosting, large ears angled forward alertly. She was clearly starving, each rib visible beneath a thick caramel coat. Turning away, she dismissed me as no threat. Her short white tail and bony rump disappeared into the deeper shadows of the trees, and I watched, my hands trembling on cold steel. I dropped my weapon with something close to relief. Snow crunched softly behind me, followed by the familiar shuffle-scrape, shuffle-scrape of someone whose leg had healed badly. Rian. Josh's gloved fingers found their way under my scarf and brushed the back of my neck, causing my bare skin to prickle with a different kind of desire. How long have you been here? I asked hoarsely, not turning to look. Long enough. I should have killed her. Killing's not your thing. No? Tell that to the millions of people buried under the snow. Josh inhaled sharply. Without looking, I knew his eyes would be pinched with pain, his lips closed over words of denial he couldn't speak. He knew the truth. I may not have been the cause of the meteorites, but I had hidden evidence of them. Unknowingly, of course, though I doubted that mattered to those swept out to sea by ocean impact tsunamis, or those who had been close enough to an impactor to be incinerated, or those who survived only to freeze or starve to death. I was even responsible for the deer I hadn't had the guts to shoot. It would have been a mercy. She's starving. Maybe, but we're not. His fingers were becoming more insistent, kneading at the tight muscles of my neck and shoulders. Creating heat I refused to acknowledge. Not yet. You had another dream, Josh said. What are you, psychic? I asked. Letting out a low chuckle, he turned me toward him. His eyes were bleary from lack of sleep. Those skills haven't rubbed off on me yet. You don't dream quietly, my love. I could hear you screaming from down the hall. Sorry, I told him. Wincing as he folded his bad leg, he eased onto a felled log and pulled me onto his lap. I sat willingly, snuggling up against his heat and letting it soothe my aching bones. There was no need to ask his forgiveness. In his mind, I fell squarely into the camp of victim rather than perpetrator. My eyes pricked with tears of gratitude. Josh had spent two decades of his life searching for me, the little girl kidnapped during his first year on the force. His obsession with my case fueled his career in the FBI, and he'd eventually tied my disappearance to hundreds of other psychic children taken by Ifedeli. He liked to take credit for finding me, but in truth we had found each other. Before I knew who I really was, I'd been run over by an Ifedeli agent while trying to stop the kidnapping of a little girl named Leora Wiley.
I'd awakened in the hospital with a nauseating, concussion-induced headache and knowledge of my real name. One quick Google search had netted articles about my kidnapping and the FBI agent who was still searching for me. I'll never forget Josh's reaction when he first saw me. He'd laughed and wept in equal measure, a man completely unhinged by my existence. You shouldn't be sorry about things you have no control over, Josh said, bringing me back to the present. But if you feel like making it up to me... He raised an eyebrow suggestively, and I kissed him for the effort. Beneath the bristles of his beard, his lips were cold and soft. He tasted of tea and dried apricots. Want to tell me about your dream? He asked. I shook my head. It didn't make any sense. Do they ever?